uh, a term signifying the holiday season and Christmas is Noel. Noel comes to us from the Latin word, the Latin verb, nasi. And it means to be born. It's also where we get the word nativity. But as we have used it with Christmas and associated it with Jesus, the term Noel has eventually come to mean good news. Good news. And so today, I bring you good news as we read through Luke chapter 2. But as you know, uh, we've been browsing through Philippians the last few weeks. And the first week we talked about the joy and loneliness. uh, Tough subject. And then we moved on to joy and suffering. Tough subject. And then last week, as Doug said, we talked about joy and death. It doesn't sound very joyful, but there there is joy uh, when we realize where the joy comes from, as Matt was talking about earlier. So I go back to Philippians chapter 1. I read verse 3. I said, I give thanks to God for every remembrance of you, always praying with joy. Praying with joy for all of you in my every prayer because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. I'm sure of this, that he who started a good work in you, he who started a good work in you, We'll carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. And then last week we we literally talked about this passage. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually advanced the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to everyone else that my imprisonment is because I'm in Christ. Most of the brothers have gained confidence in the Lord from my imprisonment and dare even more to speak the word fearlessly. To be sure, some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. These preach out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. The others proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, thinking that they will cause me trouble in my imprisonment. Now listen to what he says. What does it matter? Only that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is proclaimed. And in this, I rejoice. I'm joyful. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice because I know this will lead to my salvation through your prayers and help from the Spirit of Jesus Christ. To rejoice you have to do more than just accept your circumstances. You have to be, you have to trust and be faithful. That word trust is tough, right? Because I can know it all right here. I can stand up here every Sunday. I can, in my conversations at the tables with you, tell you the truth. I can teach truth. But for me to trust it? Yeah. The 
the whole trust thing is based upon the character of the one who began the good work. I, I honestly don't know if I personally can trust it. But I know that the God inside of me can cause me to trust it. And therefore, once again, the truth that we talk about, the joy that we talk about, the explaining of all this still comes because I believe, I believe, I trust there's a God in me that's going to do it for me. That's a crazy thought. You think about without trust, what would Paul cling to? Nothing. He's literally trusting as he's in prison. And here, here's the real issue is that most of the time our trust is based upon our own understanding. <coughs> what I know. What I, it, if I can trust based upon God's understanding, I literally pray, Lord, will you give me wisdom from your perspective, not from my perspective? Will you cause me to see things? Will you cause me to trust? Will you give me faith? Will you allow me to believe? Will you do this in me? What we need to do is just trust the Lord with all of our heart. Not with our own understanding, but with His understanding. I take you to uh, the pre-Christmas story in Luke chapter 1. It says, in the days of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest of Abijah's division named Zechariah. His wife was from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And both were righteous in God's sight, living without blame according to all the commands and requirements of the Lord. But they had no children because Elizabeth, she couldn't conceive. And both of them were well along in years. When his division was on duty, he was serving as priest before God. It happened that he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. And at the hour of incense, the whole assembly of the people was praying outside. An angel of the Lord appeared, standing to the right of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was terrified. And he was overcome with fear. But the angel said to him, Don't be afraid, Zechariah, because your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you will name him John. There will be joy, there will be joy and delight for you, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord and will never drink wine or beer. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit while still in his mother's womb. He will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before him in the spirit of power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the understanding of the righteous to make ready for the Lord a prepared people. He's speaking about John the Baptist who prepared the way of the Lord. Zechariah is about to have a son and he didn't think that he ever would. And just the thought of it brought him great joy. 
I jumped to verse 39 in chapter 1. It says, In those days Mary set out and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judah, where she entered Zechariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped inside of her. The baby leaped inside of her. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and your child will be blessed. How could this happen to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Verse 44. For you see, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped for joy inside of me. He leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill what he has spoken to her. (laughs) You sit there and hear the joy, the joy, the joy, if you look it up as a definition, it, it says that it's the emotion, it's the emotion evoked by well-being, success, or good fortune, or by the prospect of possessing what one desires, delight. That's the world's definition. That's the world's definition. If you look at actually the third definition, it says a source or cause of delight. I have a source inside of me that causes me delight and causes me to have joy. That would be called the Holy Spirit. He's the only thing that can produce joy. And it's not the Texas Rangers. It's definitely not the Colts. <laughs> Lord. <laughs> if you think it's circumstances or things of this world that brings us joy, man, I feel sorry for you because the only real joy we get is from the Holy Spirit that resides in us. I can be happy or sad when things happen. That's an emotion. But this joy that, that Matt talked about out of Galatians, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. He produces this in me. It's his responsibility to produce love in me, to produce joy in me, to produce peace in me, to produce understanding. It's his job. You, you guys, the pressure is off, is off of us as Christians. Yeah, I, I know I grew up and I was told I have to do this and I have to do this and I have to behave this way and I have to have my quiet time at 6 a.m. because that's when Jesus got up and had his quiet time. And I need to pray through adoration and confession and thanksgiving and supplication and I need to do all these things when all the time God says, that's my job. Why don't you just rest? Why don't you just let me do it in you? Why don't you just trust me? I mean, we we've seen how you do it. <laughs> Give up. Trust me. It's literally what he's saying. The Bible dictionary says joy is a quality or attitude of delight and happiness which is ultimately grounded in the work of God as Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Among the many situations in which joy is experienced, Scripture recognizes as supreme being accepted in the presence of God. 
Joy is the presence of God in our lives. Verse 46, and Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior, because he has looked with favor on the humble condition of his servant. Surely from now on, all generations will call me blessed because the mighty one has done great things for me. and His name is holy. His mercy is from generation to generation on those who fear him. He has done a mighty deed with his arm. He has scattered the proud because of the thoughts of their hearts. He has toppled the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has satisfied the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering his mercy to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he spoke to our ancestors. (laughs) You know, one of the great litmus tests for trust is Thanksgiving as we have gone through Philippians there's no doubt that trust is it if I'm afraid of my situation or grumbling about it then chances are I'm leaning again on my own understanding think about that this week think about that this morning as I'm driving to church and stressing out And I stopped and I looked and there's a bank of clouds to the west. There's a bank of clouds to the east that look like a mountain range. There's clouds all around me this morning in Fishers, Indiana. And the sun was shining down right in the middle. Okay. I get it. I get it. I just need to trust you. Joy is understood when you have to trust and you're thankful. Now let me get to the real story. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole empire should be registered. You see, God used... He used the decree of a pagan emperor to fulfill the prophecy of Micah, chapter 5, verse 2. Micah's in the Old Testament. He's a prophet. And he said this, Bethlehem, he pathereth. You are a small among the clans of Judah. One will come from you to be ruler over Israel for me. So the Lord literally used a pagan emperor to fulfill prophecy. Verse 2, it says, This first registration took place with Quinarius was governing Syria. So everyone went to be registered, each to his own town. Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Because he was of the house and the family line of David to be registered along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was pregnant. You see, a census was only taken for the purpose of of enlisting military and registering property owned for the purposes of taxes. It is possible the only reason that they had to travel to Bethlehem is because maybe Joseph owned land in Bethlehem. It says, while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. Then she gave birth to her firstborn son and she wrapped him tightly in cloth and laid him in a manger. 
because there was no guest room available for them. In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping a watch at night over their flock. (laughs) We have our nativity scenes with the wise men and the shepherds. You can't really romanticize you know, the, the idea of the shepherd coming to uh, the nativity scene because in general, shepherds were dishonest and they were unclean according to the standards of the law. But think about that. They actually represent the outcast and the sinners for whom Jesus came. They were the first recipients of the good news. It says, Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord showed around them the glory of the Lord. They were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy. That will be for all the people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly host with the angel and praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. How amazed the angels must have been when they actually saw the creator, the creator of all being born. Think about that for a second. The creator became a creature. The word becoming a speechless baby boy. The word. When the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. And after seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. These shepherds, they returned to their old jobs as new men. When you experience the Messiah, you will never be the same again. These shepherd boys were never the same. Jesus grew with stature and wisdom. That's really all we know as a child. Yeah, he got lost one time in the temple around 12 years old. But then he grew up to do his, he went away, he grew up to do his public ministry about the age of 30. He had his 12 disciples, he actually had many more disciples than that, but the 12 that he was close to. And on that last night before he was to be crucified, he's hanging out with them, doing the Last Supper, Passover time, and they're scared. They're scared. They have no idea what's happening. And honestly, as I sit there and read, you know, those chapters in John, two or three chapters that Jesus is speaking, 
I don't know if they truly understand what he was saying. Not until later. Not until they received the Spirit and then all of a sudden it started making sense to them. But Jesus said this to them that night. Truly I tell you, you will weep and mourn, but the world will rejoice. You will become sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn to joy. When a woman is in labor, she has pain because her time has come. But when she has given birth to a child, she no longer remembers the suffering because of the joy that a person has been born into the world. So you also have sorrow now, but I will see you again. There's better days ahead. Your hearts will rejoice and no one will take away your joy from you. And that day, you will not ask me anything. Truly, I tell you, anything that you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now, you have asked for nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive so that your joy may be complete. I'd like to read that story to you one more time. But I'm going to work with Jim to make it a little different. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole empire should be registered. This first registration took place while Cornelius was governing Syria. So everyone went to be registered, each to his own town. Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house of the family of the line of David to be registered with Mary, who was engaged to him and was pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. Then she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him tightly in cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you the good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. No!
suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly host with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and peace on earth to people he favors. When the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. After seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. God, we thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you that uh, as we move into this season, Christmas, that we do celebrate the birth of Jesus. But every day we celebrate you in us. We celebrate the Holy Spirit that provides us with joy in the midst of this chaos and the suffering and the, even our lack of understanding in our own strength. That you would do that for us, Lord. That you would cause us to understand. That you would cause us to have wisdom. That you would allow us to be joyful each and every day. So, Lord, thank you for my friends today. Thank you for allowing us to be here today in the midst of even this chaos today. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.